morning and welcome to Emmett Audio. The birds are going nuts this morning. It's a classic May morning. It's cool. It's going to be warm later. It's foggy this morning. It's going to be sunny in a bit. And I've been gone the last two days because it's been uh, me and Celia's 15th wedding anniversary. It's technically on Thursday, but we celebrated it on Saturday. Really kind of Friday night to Saturday night. The big thing was we went and hiked Mount Greylock, which is the tallest mountain in Massachusetts. It's not very tall. But we hiked this beautiful trail that maybe three miles up and back. Uh, so six miles total. And it was so lovely. And so interesting to do something just the two of us. Um, my parents took the dogs and Celia's parents took the kids and we thought to ourselves, well, this feels very strange and it makes you realize how much you've, how much of a life you've created. I think sometimes we feel like our lives get full of things, but at least dogs and kids are things that we chose um, to bring into our life. And uh, with the responsibility and demands on our time that they bring, they also bring so much grounding and happiness that you realize it when they're not there. I don't promise, pretend to be uh, an expert on what makes for a happy marriage. I think in so, in so many ways I, I got lucky. But I thought I would maybe articulate the things that I think I got lucky about if there's any way that you can sway your own life to get lucky in these details. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's maybe something to think about. First off, um, and I both are good on commitment. We're both, neither one of us has psychological hang-ups around commitment. And when we say we're going to do something, we do it. And that holds through to our marriage. We're not the type to look on the other side of the fence and say the grass is greener over there. That doesn't mean that you can't be uh, ill-pleased with how the grass is on your own side of the fence, even without looking. But it does mean that there is that tendency to always look at what's on the other side of the fence. We actually, um, we were testing puppies once, because we, we always test puppies before we choose one for a dog. 
And there was this one puppy, I'll never forget it. It was the friendliest puppy when you were on the, literally on the other side of a literal fence from it. But when it, you got on the same side of the fence as it, when you're in the pen with it, it just didn't care about you at all. It just, it was just frantically happy with whatever was on the other side of the fence. And I think about that. I think sometimes people are like that. They've trained themselves to always think that whatever's on the other side of the fence is what they want. They might not even be aware of it. So, I think we've done a good job of training ourselves to want what we have. Second thing is we've been incredibly lucky, both of us, with the families that each of us married into. And we were lucky enough to be able to choose to live close to both of our sets of parents. And having their help and just their presence throughout our marriage, especially when it comes to raising kids, has been invaluable. And I recognize that that's that's just something we've been lucky about. But there are many people who choose a career over living near parents that they do love. And we didn't do that, and we had to scrabble for our careers because of it. But it's really paid off in terms of the health of our marriage, because if there's one thing I've learned being married 15 years is that I'm definitely not enough. We need relationships outside our marriage to be happy, and if you find yourself isolated where... It's you and your partner against the world. That can't last for very long because that's not temperamentally what we need to be really happy for a long period of time in life. We need other people. And if you feel like, well, that's not me, we're perfectly happy, it just means you haven't been through enough stuff. There's always going to be a circumstance where... Somebody else is going to be the right person to talk to, and it isn't going to be your partner. So I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. Um, Similarly, we've been lucky to be able to grow and change. Um, largely as the result of changing careers and to have that work out. We've been incredibly lucky that we've wanted to change careers and we've, and it has worked out for us. But again, I would say, you know, some of the things that have worked out is like when Celia decided to go back to college, finish her bachelor's and get a nursing degree, she didn't she looked around and read the tea leaves of, okay, so we're going to live where we live, because again, family, and we're not going to move. Okay, so what are the programs? Well, first of all, what are the jobs that are plentiful around here where I could reasonably expect to get a good job if I had the right degree? And then is there a program for that? So she figured that nursing was a good fit for who she was and what she was interested in. 
you know, she could have decided that she wanted to be a doctor. But if she had been a doctor, much more likely that we would have to move for her to find a job. Not to mention the fact that as a doctor during residency, it's horrible for your family life. And there's so many stresses on your family. So putting the family first meant choosing to become a nurse. Well, there's a couple different nursing degrees. One would have required us, one would have asked, required her to live down in New Haven, Connecticut. There's a, there was a program that Yale has. And she really considered it. And I really asked her not to. And in the end, she decided that not having the separation from the family for that period of time was more important than where she happened to get her nursing degree. Similarly with me, in my own career, I didn't say, what do I want to be? I said, what can I be around here? And you could say, well, you ended up carving spoons. That sure looks like you decided what you wanted to be and then did it, but it, that really isn't the case. This thing was working out and I followed it. And the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing could only be possible because we moved to the current house that we have, which had much faster internet. Where we used to live, 10 minutes away, there was very poor internet. And I could never have done the career that I've done. So it was very much driven by opportunity. Now, another commonality between me and Cecilia in this is that within the parameters of the thing that seemed like a reasonable plan, we then worked very hard to make it work out. And all of that has resulted in upward mobility and an, and an ability to not feel trapped in our lives. And we think about, sometimes we drive past houses way out in the hill towns that we considered buying back in the day and we hesitated and we thought, nah, that's not helping us. It's further away from our parents, further away from job opportunities for Cecilia. Let's not do it. And I'm so glad we waited and figured out how to live where we live in a way that supports our careers because it has meant so much less stress. There's, there's a successful career is so much less stressful than an unsuccessful career. And you might argue and say, well, a successful career comes with increased responsibilities and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but you're succeeding. Things are getting easier financially. Things are getting more fun as you're able to make choices about what you will and won't do. That leads to a much happier marriage in my own personal experience. Poverty is really hard on a marriage. And so making the pragmatic choices to choose a career that isn't going to torpedo the good things you have going on, like maybe you do live close to family, 
but choosing a career that has legs and then working really hard at it means if you are lucky and it works out and you are that good that as things get easier it gets easier for your marriage as well to all the guys out there especially the guys who want to work for themselves which i think is a higher percentage than girls i'm under no illusion that talking about every guy or every girl but let's say you're a guy and you want to work for yourself one of the nicest things you can do for your spouse is to structure your your work in such a way that you can be the one who takes care of the kids as needed i'm not saying become a stay-at-home dad i'm saying you be the one that picks up the kids from school you be the one that has them stay home with you while you do your thing you be the one that holds down the fort domestically i'm going to do three loads of laundry today and then i'm going to deal with some chicken stock that we prepared the other night and i'm going to make dinner and i'm going to clean up the house throughout the day all of that is on top of my work and all of that is because i don't have a commute so think particularly if you're a guy and you have the ability to step it up domestically that will make your marriage much happier and I don't care what kind of arrangement you have with your wife about you know I'm holding down the career and I'm holding down the kids there are times when you're going to feel like you're doing most of it we had someone tell us at our wedding, said, you know, there's going to be times when it's going to feel to each of you like you're both doing about 90%. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're actually doing 90%. It just means that we're bad at seeing everything that the other person is doing. And you both have to operate as though you're willing to do the 90%. Because that'll get you much further than if you're constantly trying to make sure things are fair and only willing to do what feels to you like 50%. Because if you only do what feels to you like 50%, then you're not actually doing 50%. So, that has stuck with us over the years. I think it's been important that we've been able to grow and develop in terms of who we are. We joke about how if we were to be on some dating app today, we're not sure the algorithm would recommend each other to ourselves, the other person to us, because on paper, we do different things. Um, and yet, I personally find it much more gratifying to have a partner who has an independent life who does other things than I want to do. And then the trick is to figure out the overlap, the things that you want to do that they also want to do, the things that you want to eat that they also want to eat, the ways of being in the evening that work. 
we've had to negotiate this and renegotiate this many times as our careers have needed different things from us. There have been times when I was working every evening and Celia was doing homework every evening. There have been times when that's shifted and she wanted me to be more available than I felt like I could be available or when I needed to crash and she wanted me to engage. So you need to work those things out. And the final piece of relationship advice I would deign to give is if at all possible, don't let yourself fall asleep still mad. Even if it sucks in the middle of the night to have the conversation, have the conversation, get to a place where you can apologize or see the other person's point of view. Try and make yourself better at seeing the other person's point of view and also try and make yourself better at articulating what you need. And try not to sleep on bad feelings. And remember that it doesn't have to be perfect, but if there's something about your relationship that you don't like, it's far easier to change yourself than it is to change the other person. So ask yourself what you can do in your own behavior, in your own habits, in your own mindset that can make the situation better. And do that first before you ask something of the other person. Thank you for listening. Whatever relationship you find yourself in, I hope it is a beautiful thing and fulfills you for many years to come. Talk tomorrow.